you've stumbled across the honest pod with Carrie Garcia where my hope is to create a safe space to share stories that foster healing hope and the honesty needed to live free and fully alive and now for this week's episode of the honest pod Hey, everybody. Welcome to The Honest Pod. Before we opened up with this brand new series that we're stepping into, seconds before, the man who is joining me today said, I'm not ready for this, (laughs) (laughs) which speaks volumes to definitely our temperaments and personalities. Mario, welcome to The Honest Pod. We're glad to have you on. Yeah, thanks for having me. (laughs) <laughs> we Love also it. have joining us, as always, DJ Ellie Mills is joining us. DJ Ellie Mills, say hi to the people. Oh, hello, everybody. <laughs> I'm pulling her off. Now that Shara is not here, you know what? We're all just going to get a lot more airtime. That's how this is going to work. She oh, doesn't get to wait. She doesn't get to bogart the airtime. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this is what we decided. We're we're coming in. We've had like like you all have known. We took a little break but we're coming in fresh. We're coming in with some good stuff. And we thought it would be fun to just kind of enter into this next season of the Honest Pod talking about connection and friendships. We've talked a lot over the the past the past episodes. I, don't, I wouldn't really call them seasons because we don't really, we're not that professional. But over the past episodes, a lot around connection to self, connection to God, connection to others. And I think coming into this season... I know for me, moving where I've moved from and, you know, from California to Illinois and just the reality that I've moved so much, friendships and connection, those are, that's probably the hardest part for me. I was thinking back, like, what kind of friend was I even as a kid? And like, what kind of, how did I have relationships and how did I, you know, engage those relationships as a kid? And it's so funny because... I mean, I don't really want this to be true of my relationships now, but I'm learning. A lot of you are are, are friends with me and you're, you're learning. I, I've grown a lot, but, you know, still have some growing to do. But I was totally, like, I was the one that made stuff happen. I was the friend, like, I'm the one, we, I made up what was called the Friday Night Gang. That was where we would all play outside. And whoever was the last kid to get asked, to have the mom come out and be like, come inside, was the winner of the Friday Night Gang. And I was you know, always the winner, which actually spoke volumes to the fact that my parents didn't want me to come home. But I was always the one that created stuff. And I had this friend, his name was George Broughton. He was Cuban. He lived around the corner. Uh, He was like my best, my best friend really was like my best friend. And I mean, I knew him since the time I was in second grade, but I remember like in third grade, I remember specifically where I was. I was on Arpeggio, my house on Arpeggio Street. I came out. We were sitting around. We had this box seats that went around a big tree. It was like, you know, my dad had made this like box area where we could sit around this tree. We were sitting under the tree and he goes, I have something to tell you. And actually, I think he was with two of our other friends. So it was kind of like, you know, the gang had shown up to it was an intervention, really. Really, that's what it was. It was an intervention around my friendships. And he said, look, 
every time you come out of the house and I see you and you're wearing a ponytail in your hair, that's when I know those are the days that you're going to be bossy. And I was like, well, I wear a ponytail all the time. And he was like, exactly. And he was, he was confronting me about my bossiness. And I was like, basically, I was like, well, if you don't like it, you don't have to be friends with me. And he was like, fine. And he left. And you know what? He came back the next day. And I knew he'd come back because, you know, I was the one that made stuff happen. But this is the truth is that I think that so much of my friendships were built around me leading and doing that I wasn't really good at, you know, like submitting and listening to and going like, you have some thoughts and ideas. Let's hear those. So I really like, that's the kind of friend I kind of was. I got a lot of stuff done. I let a lot of stuff, but really kind of struggled, I think, to you know, listen to other people's thoughts and ideas. And I've really tried to work on that and become more collaborative, but it's taken me a long time. So I'm curious, both to Mario and to Allison, what kind of friend were you? Mario, we'll start with you. We'll give Allison a little <laughs> more time. Mario, what kind of friend were you as a kid? If you can remember back, how would you? Yeah, I, I can, I, I would, I was the kid and this plays into my story, but I was the kid who befriended the odd ones or the underdogs or the kids in the class that literally literally didn't have many friends and I, I I don't say that to brag but I do say that because I essentially now looking back like wow that that's who I was then I, I didn't you know try to do anything different that's just who I was and so I remember there was this one kid named Gordon Johnson and he came in sixth grade new school and our sixth grade teacher Mrs. Greenwell had to she he, he had left the class and she had a conversation with us because she said, look, Gordon has um, this, and she, I don't even know how she described it in sixth grade, but she said she, he has this thing where he will just kind of like blurt out, like just yell all of a sudden. So she said, it's called Tourette's, Tourette's syndrome, and nobody knew what that was. And we're like, okay, whatever. And so Gordon though did have Tourette's and he, you know, he was the kid, he just had like... I don't know, it's, this is so weird for me to describe, but he had like kind of buck teeth and he just, he was a nice kid and fun, but he was a little bit overweight and he just, and then he had Tourette's. So in the middle of class, he would kind of outburst, not saying any bad words, but just would just make this like, kind of like sound like, ah, like in the middle of talking in the middle of class. Well, that's the guy that was my friend uh, in sixth grade. I kind of befriended him and he lived like two blocks down and we ended up, we were in this, we ended the same thing. So we skateboarded together and his name was Gordon, but um, that's kind of the friend that I was. And there wasn't too many of those, those kind of outcast kids in my school, but I think that's kind of the friend, kind of the friend that I was. And I didn't have a ton of friends growing up. I knew a lot of people through sports and school, but like I said, I had two best friends in high school and that was it. That's all I needed. So I was very more. So Gordon, but personal. Gordon wasn't like your Gordon wasn't like your best buddy. That was kind of, he was like the one that you go, you know, I'm going to reach out to him. I'm going to make him feel welcome. But you were, you didn't have like a lot of friends. You had a couple of no, friends that you were one. really close to. And well, my, my best friend growing up moved during that sixth grade from like fourth grade to about, ju- till about junior high, third or fourth grade to junior high, he was gone. So I just kind of had a few friends here and there. So Gordon was actually my friend for that year. Like we would do stuff together and go skate, but I was involved oh. with sports, so I didn't really have a lot of time. All right, for so, that so we've established you're a better human than I am. Got yeah, it. Wow. Um, <laughs> clear, clear, 
Well, uh, Allison, please uh, rescue me a little bit. Uh, were you as saintly as Mario? No, 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 no. I'm, I think I was too selfish for that. Um, and I definitely was bossy. I don't really think I was bossy in friendship as much as, but my parents definitely love to tell a lot of stories about how bossy I was even as a small child. So um, that's, don't worry. I like it's to not call just it, you. we're leaders. We're leaders. Yeah, exactly. I just didn't know what I was doing. So I was just a little spicy. Um, but I think... Like, I don't also, I, you know, this is embarrassing to admit, but I don't have a ton of memories, but when mm -hmm. I'm thinking about like myself as a friend, like, I just remember like feeling like it was really important to be friends with everybody and mm. like, not because I felt like somebody told me that, but I just, I think now that I think about it, it's like almost like strategic, like mm -hmm. let's be friends with everybody because then everybody will like you and will you'll fit in you know yeah, and so problems. it was like yeah so mm -hmm. I think you know I really tried hard to be friends with everyone and mm -hmm. I think my personality is very like I have by nature I'm pretty adaptable and mm -hmm. so I just was like all right well I can be friends with anybody I could have a conversation with anyone mm -hmm. so I have always kind of had a lot of friends um and I think in college, there was like a lot of talk about like, oh, well, are you the kind of person that is like, you know, a mile wide and an inch deep? Or are you the kind of person who's like a mile deep and an inch wide? Mm. And I was like, I always had like, like growing up, I had some core best friends that, you know, I basically like lived with them for like 50% of my childhood, um, just because I was always wanted to be over there and hanging out with them. And, you know, but I think like then I kind of was like, oh, yeah, maybe we shouldn't be a mile wide and an inch deep. Like that doesn't seem great. So I feel like then I kind of switched my emphasis. But yeah, I don't know. I just think I've always kind of been like friends. I don't know. Friends seem important. Mm -hmm. And um, it's... it's good to be around people. And I like being around people in general. So mm -hmm. it's easier I mean, It's so me. funny because I see Everything the three of us have just said, I, I see that even today. Not, mm -hmm. not so much the, because it, for you, Allison, for the wider, the wider, but the less deep, the safer, right? Like mm -hmm. I can have all of these friends and all of these relationships and kind of welcomed into all these groups, but also you don't have to know a lot about me. So I can't get hurt. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, really, and a lot of control. Like mm -hmm. I can, I can be, I can be in charge of who I am to you, basically. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And for me, definitely I would have like the one deep friend, but I, I want to be in control. But instead of being in control of like having all the friendships, I'm more just like, I'll just lead and keep you guys at a distance. So like, mm -hmm. you'll just follow me, but we're not going to have, you know, very deep relationship. And that's totally true to what I've had to work on in these past few years. And then Mario is like friends with all these people, but has like these deep kind of core friendships, uh, mm -hmm. you know, early on. And so this kind of brings me to my thought process around this whole idea of friendship. And Mario, the reason why I wanted to pull you on is because I think that for men and women at, at our core, we are all designed for connection at our core. Like we all need it. We all, we all want it. But 
men and women approach friendships so differently and have different hangups about friendships. And so I kind of wanted to have a little dialogue. We have an amazing um, interview with Andy Andrew, who wrote a book called Friendship is Complicated, and she's going to be on the podcast um, during this series. But I kind of wanted to open this up and talk about just the, like, what keeps you nowadays from investing in friendships as a guy? What keeps you from that? What keeps me from friendships? Well, I mean, the easy answer is like work and family. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like that, that's the easy answer, I think, for Well, and for that any can guy. be the answer. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, and, and I think, um, but just like the other day when I kind of got emotional about this was I, I don't, I don't have a lot of like close friends. Like I have, you know, my, my two closest guy friends that I can actually really go deep with um, are, you know, one's in California, one's in Florida. And then I'm, I'm gaining some here um, in Illinois now, which I can definitely go to. But in terms of like a friendship where I'm like, oh yeah, let's, let's go hang out and let's go, you know, throw axes or whatever guys do. Like, I just, I don't, I don't have a ton of those. Um, and just really haven't, I think ever since I had kids and just kind of been on this career path. So I don't, I mean, the easy answer, work and family keeps me from kind of having those relationships. But I also think, um, on a, maybe a little bit deeper level, it's more about, I think, trusting, um, guys and allowing guys into your, into your story and into your life is kind of what, you know, when you say, like, oh. when you say trusting guys, what do you fear could happen? Um, I think if you got you know, close to someone. Yeah. I think, uh, just being vulnerable and being like, Hey, like this is the real me. And, um, you know, just the, probably the fear of like rejection or just the fear of kind of being seen completely, mm -hmm. um, and just kind of being loved mm -hmm. despite that. Right. And so or, when, we'll go ahead. Mm -hmm. No, as I say, or, you know, like just so many, so much good stuff about this, but you know, what is masculinity, masculinity, you know, like, what does it mean to be a man? Like, there's a lot of things that I'm into that, you know, maybe the typical guy wouldn't be into, um, or that I could, you know, want to talk about, um, on a deeper level. And most guys just don't really want to. Um, mm -hmm. so that's kind of like, Oh, that's probably in the back of my head. There's some somewhere as well. Do you think that, you know, from your perspective, I hear you saying, you know, you're, you, you're busy, you've got kids sports and you've got kids and you've got work and you've got all this stuff. Do you feel the ache or the hole, I guess, for lack of a better word, that there is something in that that's missing? Um, I, I don't, I don't think that I would say that it's a hole in the sense of like, I'm aching for a friendship. I think I, for me, and maybe for a lot of men, like I would have to probably broaden the lens and say, I, I would love to have a community, you know, of some sort of, of guys that I could, I could hang out with and do stuff with, but I don't know if I necessarily need like, oh, like I need this close friend, you know, to mm -hmm. kind of fulfill me. Like I'm finding for me is that the a community of guys, the community of men that I can go to and have good conversations and then also go and have fun with, that's kind of like the, the relationships that I'm looking for. And I feel like I'm needing, and maybe that's what you're asking is like, there's a, 
there's a hole of like this guy's community, this men of this community of men that I can hang out with. Mm. Yeah. And I, I think like, and you know, Allison, feel free to chime, chime in, but like, I, I'm wondering when I think about this kind of grid of friendship, because I see like Allison is, you have, you're, you're young and and we're going to have Allison on, we'll have a deeper conversation about this, but you know, you're young, you, you don't have kids. So that, that is a big difference. We'll talk more about that later, but you know, the idea around this you know, why is friendship important? Why, why do we need it? Why is it, what, what does it serve? What, you know, if the Bible clearly talks about, it's not good for us to be alone. We need to confess our sins one to another. We, we need to uh, connect and bond with other humans so that we can help see clearly our lives and all of this. And yet I think for, for men and, 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 and women too, there's, there is somewhat of an aversion. There is this like, what's going to happen. And so I'm curious, like even, you know, for you, Allison, who does have a lot of friends, you know, and yet we're also kind of seeing that change a little bit because people are having babies and, you know, doing all this stuff, like what drives you to invest in friendships? Why, why do you feel you need them? I, think I have always valued other people's perspectives on the world and on um, just like life in general. I think I invest so much in friendships because I've felt so known and seen and loved probably the most in my life or, you know, one of the most, um, through my friends. And I think Mm -hmm. there's something about, um, choosing them and them choosing you that, um, and choosing to stick by you that just feels like very life-giving to me. And, um, Mm. I am very grateful for my very close friends because, they have just supported me through a lot of different things and mm-hmm. um and so i think i just feel safe with them and i think there's something about um especially with a lot of my close friendships just like we're kind of in this together and we will n- probably you know not always get it right and we'll make mistakes but that we have this um like level of openness and a safe place to come to have hard conversations or to um, try on different, you know, thoughts and Mm -hmm. uh, perspectives about things that are going on in our life. And yeah, I just, I think I've just experienced, and maybe I'm, maybe this is just me and I just, you know, I've been really lucky and I do feel really lucky uh, for all of the like quality friends that I've had, but I just, there's so much value in it. And so Mm -hmm. I could never imagine, I wouldn't have made it this far, um, without so many of my close friends, Mm -hmm. just because they've actually seen me when my story is being missed a lot and Mm -hmm. feeling misunderstood a lot. 
And I think my friends, like, I just have appreciated how much they have, you know, taken the time to actually get to know me and then to actually be there and to support me Mm. during difficult times and also the fun times. Like, that was a big lesson that I learned is that I really need both in a friendship is like, I would need to be able to have a deep conversation and then also be able to make a funny joke or, Mm -hmm. you know, go just have fun and, and go and play and do activities and, you know, that kind of stuff. Like, I think the balance of those things, and I feel like you talk about that a lot too, Carrie, of just Mm -hmm. like, you know, when you're around people that you feel safe with, um, to be able to just be yourself and to be able to have fun and laugh and like Mm -hmm. how important those like aspects are in a relationship. So, I mean, that's kind of a, I guess, more general answer, but yeah, I think I just. I mean, you've really been lucky. I mean, Mm -hmm. if you're looking at friendships, because I don't know if too many people here, maybe I'm wrong, but just from the years that I've been sitting with people, friendships are a real wounding place for people. They've felt very um, betrayed and abandoned, whether that's through the grid of what, if they're seeing clearly or not, there's still Mm -hmm. a sense of that. And so, you know, I think as people are, are hearing that and rejoicing with you, but also strikes a wound, right? Like, gosh, I don't, I don't have that. And Mm -hmm. I've, I've wanted that, or I've tried that and I got so hurt. I don't want that anymore. And so I think, you know, setting us up and going like, if this is God's intent, that God's intent is you were not meant to be alone. And I do think that there is something outside of, you know, Mario and I, you know, you and Mario, me and, you know, me and you, babe, we are very close. We are each other's, I mean, you're my rock, you're my guy. But I think even outside of our marriage, what is really an essential part of me becoming and to continue becoming who God's created me to be, I think I have to have friendships outside of you. Friendships that encourage me, friendships that can speak to things that I'm not clearly seeing. And also it removes you from having to be my counselor, my sounding board, you know, for everything. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, the other day when we were talking in the car, Mario, you know, you, you did get emotional around this idea. Like I, I don't really have a lot of people right now in my life that I could go to and talk about some of these things. And so some of that has been on me and some of that I've taken, which gladly you're my husband, but I think we've had a lot of this discussion around why is it so important for you to have friendships or to seek friendships outside of your marital relationship? And for me, I know in our marriage, like there are things, because we're so intertwined, you know, when I go to my friend, Jen, who I'm very close with, she'll be able to say things like, you know, Carrie, are you really seeing this through the grid of like a healthy perspective, you know, and, and help, you know, sharpen and shape me and sometimes hold things that. I don't know if you're required to hold for me. Like there, there is a fine line obviously because you are my husband and there is everything. And I, I'm just curious about your thoughts about this, but you know, I can know a lot of things and you can know a lot of things about me, but is it your responsibility to really hold some of those things when you are, you know, I'm going to use this word so everybody be okay, but you are my lover you are my, you know, this man where I want to have relate, you know, where we have an intimate relationship 
And then on the flip side of that, are you required to be my sole counselor? And, you know, like that, I don't know how healthy that would be if I didn't have relationships outside of you to really help bring some of that balance and also not have it be where you have to carry everything for me. And you also mm-hmm. carry a lot for me. So I'm just curious for you in regards to like our like marital relationship and for those that are, you know, listening where they go, well, I just, I have God and I have my husband and that's enough, or I have mm-hmm. God and I have my wife and that's enough. What would you say? What would you say to some of that? Oh, um, wow. Yeah, you, you've said a lot. And I do think that, um, I think I can speak to this notion of having to carry everything. And I haven't, you know, really felt that until recently. And, you know, um, I think, you know, the last few years that we've been doing this work and kind of hearing more around your story. And as we kind of both do story work, like, I have been able to not only just see you in a new light, but able to carry things in a new way. Um, and it doesn't feel as burdensome. I would say before all this, there was a, a heavy burden that I would carry all the time. And I really didn't even know how, what to do with it. Or I was just holding it. I was just standing there. If you can just picture like a boulder, I just, my arms are still out and everything. Every time you kind of came to me, you just kind of threw another pebble on there, threw a rock. And so I'm carrying this and I had no idea what to do with it or where to go with it or what it meant. But recently, you know, I think uh, along with the the work that you've done, the friendships that have come out of this. And yes, like you said, like a gen, you've been able to go process things with. It really has felt a lot lighter. Like I'm still here to carry and I carry some of the the heaviest things that you know, you may bring, but I feel like that's, that's kind of my role. And I want to be that for you. But I think even just the small things that you've been able to bring to other friends and other friendships and conversations, I've really felt this kind of weight being lifted. And Mm -hmm. I didn't feel like, oh, hey, I need you to give that to me. I'll I'll carry it. I'll carry it. I'll take it, take it. So I've also had to kind of take responsibility and saying, look, like, this is getting really heavy for me. And I, I, I know we just talked about this, but I haven't been able to do that very well lately, but I'm learning that I need to be able to communicate like, hey, this is getting a lot and I'm feeling really overwhelmed by what you're talking about and kind of what I'm carrying. And so Mm -hmm. how can we, how can we kind of, you know, work through this together and that togetherness is like, hey, maybe you need to go talk to somebody else, like, you know, a counselor or a friend, a gen or whoever it is. Um, So for me, I've been able to find the balance of like, Hey, how can I carry what I need to for my wife? Because that's my responsibility and what I want to do. But when, when is it too much? And when am I actually doing a disservice to not only you, but to our relationship, because I'm not able to speak up and say, this is a lot. I've become everything and it's the the boulders getting too big. Mm -hmm. Um, And what does it look like for you to, as you're saying, Carrie, this is getting, you know, this is a lot. And, you know, I just want to clarify that, that every person is going to get to this place, whether you're dealing Mm -hmm. with someone who, if, if your wife or your husband, your spouse becomes your everything, Mm -hmm. 
you, it, it's not healthy. You've moved into a place where there is no longer the body of Christ coming together and helping where the Bible says, bear one another's burdens. Like we carry this together, as you heard Mario express, as Carrie started sharing more with people. And that's been some work in my own life where I've started actually trusting people like, okay, I'm going to, mm-hmm. going to open up. Then he started to feel the lightness of that burden going, okay, like I'm still holding a lot of it, but the, mm-hmm. it's not as weighty because I have other people who are coming alongside supporting us and supporting Carrie or whatever. But I want to flip this on you, Mario, in the sense of going, as I am going out and, and reaching out to those people and going, okay, I need, you know, the Jens in my life or, you know, even the Allison or the Ju- Julianne or whatever, these friends that I have mm-hmm. kind of helping carry some of the weight in these different areas of my life. Where are you going for that? And is that important for you then to go, I'm actually carrying a lot. That's my role as Carrie's husband, you know, mm-hmm. or the husbands that are out there. But do you think it's important then for you as the husband to have that same kind of outlet that you're asking of me? Absolutely. Am I good at it? No. Have I done it? No. And, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm feeling it, you know, just recently, like we said, mm-hmm. like what we talked about, like, the role that I played as a kid in my home was to hold everything together all the time. Mm -hmm. And I had Mm -hmm. nowhere to go with it, especially as a Mm -hmm. child. So even now, like I know, I know better now and I'm still not doing it. So yes, absolutely. I do think that we need men, husbands need a space to, um, to then bring what's going on in their lives because I'll use this as an example. Like if I'm getting flooded and if you're really going through a lot, like we had a conversation this last few months has been really difficult and mm-hmm. you're sharing and I'm, I'm carrying all this. And if I'm struggling with something or if I'm, you know, wanting to process something on my own, I feel like it's not my place or I don't have um, the responsibility or want to bring it to you because you're already carrying so much and I'm already carrying too much of yours, your mm-hmm. stuff. And so for me, that's, that's not healthy. So what do I do with that? I just hold it inside and hold it inside until one day I find myself like just crushed under the weight of mm-hmm. the everything that I'm carrying. And I can't even get up to actually go talk to you or anybody. So the importance of having those relationships with other men is a place to just go look, not just to go, Hey, offload all my stuff that my wife's going through onto you. But it's like, you know, we have our own things. Guys, mm-hmm. you know, have their own things. Guys want a space to talk. And they want a place that they, they can may not share. know it, but they do want it. <laughs> yes, they, they, they do want it. And as soon as you get give them a space to do it, man, the floodgates are open. And I'm just mm-hmm. like, this is what guys are craving. So super important for guys to find that and, you know, develop those relationships. And it's for me, it has not been easy. Mm hmm. I, I'm wondering, it's so good. And I, and I hope that so many men are, are hearing this. I I'm curious as we kind of just wrap up our time together and just jumping into this kind of series around friendship and we're going to, you know, I'd love to do, you know, just kind of like what friendship, not all friendships are supposed to be your deep friendships. Not all mm-hmm. friendships are supposed to be like, you know, you met them at the coffee shop and now they're knowing the inner workings of your heart. That's, that's, that's not what, that's not what we're asking. And that's, that's actually not smart or wise that, 
that there are areas and levels of where people live in your life and that's actually healthy and normal and good. And they're not always supposed to move down into the deeper levels. Sometimes they just stay where they are. And that's like your friend that you always, you know, I have a couple of friends where I know when I want to go have a good time and just laugh and whatever, they are my go-to people. And that is so important for my life. But those people are probably never going to be in the deep inner workings of my heart. That doesn't mean that they're not good friends. It just means that that's the place that they are in my life. But I think what I'm speaking to right now is really like, especially when it comes to men and when it comes to, to women. And then, you know, obviously as a couple, you know, this idea of like, we are wired for and need other people to hold the weight that we're carrying. I'm curious for the two of you and I'll, and I'll offer to myself as we, as we kind of wrap up, how do you start to know an indicator in your life that you are holding too much and it's now time that like, you are now, this is a prompting or kind of like a red flag, I guess, or an invitation, let's use a kinder word, an invitation from the Lord that's saying, hey, you're caring too much. You need, you know, it's time to share. I'll, I'll start. Um, I can know that when I'm starting to feel really apathetic, like I don't want to do anything. I don't care about anything. Everything is just a waste of time. Um, I just started feeling really apathetic. I know that I, I have become too internal. Like I've, I've started to get really in my head about things and, and that's a number, that's, that's probably one of the number one ways. And then I start to get, um, real, like my internal dialogue gets really negative, negative and cynical. Um, about the world around me and about people. These are some of the real indicators that it's like, man, I need to talk to somebody. And I will say like with my spouse, like with Mario, he's hearing a lot of this stuff, but I'm, I'm usually, if I'm in that state, I'm in a state of dumping. I'm just kind of dumping. I'm dumping what I, you know, like everything's just stupid. It sucks. Like that things are, things are horrible, terrible. And mm -hmm. that's usually like an indicator that I, I need it. I need, it's not that I don't need to share with Mario, but I think I need to get outside of our story because we're collectively together. And I need to talk to somebody that has, you know, just a fresh perspective that is not mm -hmm. as invested. Mario is very invested in me, obviously, and with our kids and our life and everything. And so the, it's a biased, it's a biased conversation, right? And so I need to get outside of that conversation and kind of bring someone in and go, what do you think about this? This is kind of where I'm at. Mm -hmm. Like what's true and what's not true. And those would be two major indicators for me, apathy and kind of that internal negative cynical dialogue, like the world is stupid. Nothing's going to go well. Everything's dumb. Our, I'm a terrible parent, you know, and I can say all that stuff. And M Mario usually at this point is going to be probably equally as flooded. And so tends to kind of just shut down or just be like, well, I don't know what you want me to say. And so that, that for me is an indicator, like, okay, this is not, con this is not constructive at this point, And I need to now move into going, I need to talk to somebody, whether it's a therapist or a best friend or whatever, but I need a fresh perspective. And those are like two indicators for me that I know, okay, it's time to invite someone into the conversation. So I'm curious for the two of you, what are maybe one or two of your indicators that you're like, okay, I've been holding this too long and I need to invite a friend into the dialogue? Well, I, my, mine's, mine's easy. I, I'm just become a task manager. Like I just begin mm. to do things 
around the house, outside, errands, whatever it is, I am just, it's super, um, it's a super easy sign for me. I just begin to, to be get, become busy and Mm -hmm. just to kind of, for not just forget about it, but just like, I got to feel like I'm actually doing something other than Mm -hmm. carrying this. And it's, Mm -hmm. you know, I I didn't realize that till recently, but man, I just, I just will go, go, go in, in order to avoid and to not just avoid the conversation, but just avoid the heaviness. Um, Mm. so that's, that's one indicator. Um, I don't know what else you might know. That's a good one. EBay, I think all I, I, yeah. I think that's a, I think a lot of guys and and women for I mean it, I don't think it's gender specific, but I think busyness, like over busyness and that lack of like that going like I I not only I mean, what did you say it's not that I just don't want to avoid the conversation I literally just want to would you say avoid, avoid the heaviness? The, yeah, the heaviness. Like, like I don't want to feel the feelings. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't, I mean, you just did this the other night. Like it was kind of, there was some tension in the house with the kids and you were getting frustrated and the dog puked <laughs> everywhere. Dog. And he was so mad about the dog because the dog really did have quite a heyday on about four places of our carpets in different rooms. And, you know, he was sick, poor, poor buddy. But Mario, you got to a place where you were just very overwhelmed. <laughs> now, this is a silly thing, so that's why I can bring this up. And immediately I go downstairs and Mario's just doing dishes. Like he's just like, I'm just doing dishes and he's just kind of barking at everybody, you know, just like, I need you to do this. <laughs> everybody gets instantly a task list. As soon yeah. as Mario is upset, that's like, I need you to clean your room. I need you to brush your teeth. I need you to get this stuff. And, you know, it, and yet there is something to be said. And, so, you know, that's fine in that moment. And that was about the dog. So that's kind of silly. But there, there is that, that I'm going to stay really busy so I can avoid this conversation with Carrie. So I don't have to feel the heaviness of what's going on, which is going to then be an indicator. And this is kind of what I've said to you, Mario, who soothes you? Who, who is able to be outside of me because usually they're, you're carrying something about me, you know, like I'm the one that's, or you're carrying something about you or whatever. But if I'm the one that's bringing something heavy and you've been holding that, then outside of me needs to be a resource for you to be soothed, to be comforted, to to have someone Mm -hmm. listen to what you're holding and, and give an unbiased listening ear. And I think that's a great thing for people to hear. I'm curious for you, Allison, what, what would you what would you say is kind of like an indicator for you that you're like, okay, it's time. I need somebody to be holding this with me. Yeah. I think busyness is a big thing for me too. Um, and I operated that way, you know, I've kind of realized I have been busy my whole life, um, Mm. just with extracurriculars and school and, um, just incredibly busy since I was probably five years old. Mm. And, um, and so that became a real habit for me. And I realized I well, not cognitively, but mm-hmm. that it's a lot easier to just be a robot and to go around and do all these things and have all these friends and go to all these events and trips and but to be uh, pretty empty on the inside. And it's easy mm-hmm. to operate like that because you're not really feeling anything. Right. Uh, but the problem is that also you're not really feeling anything. So mm-hmm. yeah. your life so- feels pretty empty, even though it's full. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, how, what's the, that's the crazy juxtaposition, right? Is like, everyone's like, Allison has so many friends. Like mm-hmm. you're doing all these things with all these people and you're going to all these parties and you're doing all these things, but no one's really knowing me and really mm-hmm. holding the depth of my heart. And if I give that to them, will they leave? You know, will it be too much or whatever? And, mm-hmm. and so I think, yes, that, that idea of, of busy is such a good indicator, that idea of apathy and cynicism, like those, those can really be indicators and let us know that the very thing that you are trying to control is speaking to the very thing that you need and you're not getting it. Mm-hmm. So we are trying, I'm trying to control through apathy and cynicism. Well, I don't need anybody anyway. And it doesn't matter anyway, because the whole world is stupid, you know, like mm-hmm. in that it's really screaming, gosh, I wish someone would contain all that I'm holding, but I'm just mm-hmm. too much, you know, in the busyness, it is the, you know, the fragmentation of just like, I'm over here, I'm over here, I'm over here because I don't want to stop for a minute and actually feel the fullness of the story. And so what that really needs is going, well, I need attunement. I actually do need someone to sit and really listen and say, I actually mm-hmm. want to hear it from your perspective. I actually want to hear what you've been holding. So a little bit different, but two sides, it's almost like two sides of the, you know, same coin mm-hmm. of I need containment in the sense of I need someone to just really come close and say, hey, all the bigness that you're holding, I want to hold with you. And, and a lot of what I'm hearing you guys say is, to have someone come and say, I actually want to sit in your perspective. I want to sit and hear what it's been like for you. What's it been like for you to have to, you know, let me help put the pieces together of what you've been holding in all these different spaces. And I think these are really good indicators that, uh, that, that this is, that this is the human, human nature, right? We're going to put up these defense mechanisms around the very places that we need. And God speaks so much to this. This is why God says, so many times. I'm not going to leave you. I'm not going to forsake you. When you're in the depths of hell, I'm with you. When you're on the highest mountains, I'm with you. Well, why? Why is he telling us that? Because he knows that we are wired to be known, seen, and loved. And he actually uses people on this planet, people, his kids, to restore where there has been brokenness. He uses us in each other's lives to bring about healing but we are so guarded. We are so guarded. And the guardian can say, I got it. I'm, you know, I've got it. I'm managing it. Right, Mario? Like, I'm fine. It'll all be fine. Or, you know, for Carrie, like, I don't need anybody anyway. You know, all all of that to say is like, or or even for you, Allison, I'm just going to love on everybody and help all of them. And maybe that will make me feel like I'm being cared for, you know, and the reality and the truth is, is all three of us, and this speaks to all of you out there that are listening, friendship is essential to healing. It is essential to healing. We cannot heal on our own. We cannot. We cannot heal on our own. And we were never intended to bear the weight of all of our pain. We just weren't meant to do it. And so the, this will beg the question, what's keeping us? What's keeping us of stepping in? Some of you heard Allison's story and you're like, wow, she's got a lot of friends. And yet you also see the flip side of that. You see that, you know, Carrie's leading a lot of people and there's the flip side of that. You see that Mario's, you know, sitting with the underdog. Well, there's the flip side to that, right? If he's sitting with the underdog and helping soothe and comfort them and making them feel welcomed, who's doing that for him? And so you see the flip side of all of this, and that's where we want to kind of take you on a journey of, 
you know, this idea around friendship and really why it's complicated, why it's important, what God has to say about it, where we see friends in our lives, like where, where they all fit in because friendships don't all have to be in the deep inner core and, and really begin to kind of go on this journey. If part of my healing is around friendships and doesn't have to be many, but it's at least around some, and it does have to be outside of your marital friendships. If those are essential and they are biblical, then the, that begs the question, where do we need to be honest in our life about what and why friendships are kept at bay? And, you know, maybe some of you are great friends and that's, this is not an episode for you, but I would venture to say that for most of us, this is an area where connecting with others is a challenge in some fashion. It's a challenge. And it's a challenge that if we're honest with ourselves, we desire deeply to have these relationships. And so the challenge is, will we step into the honesty of going, okay, what and where, you know, where am I holding back? What is keeping me from stepping in? And what would the benefits be of kind of digging into some of this stuff so that I can have these deeper friendships? So this is kind of what we want to leave you with. Um, We are very late to getting my son. He is sitting at his school, probably wondering if he's been abandoned. He is not. I texted him. Um, So uh, he's going to be good. But we just want to let you know that we're going to go on a journey, a little bit friendship journey. I want to thank you guys. Thanks, Mario and Allison, for chiming in. Um, Love having you. Excited to have you more on the podcast. We pray that God God would meet you in your heart and through this episode and through the friendships um, that God has designed for you and designing you to be a friend as well. So until the next time, we'll see you next week. We are so thankful for the talented Tanya Godsey offering her amazing music with us. You can find Tanya on Spotify and other streaming platforms. And hey, we would love to answer any questions you may have for us right here on the show. So you can send us those questions to hello at thehonestpodcast.com. And as always, thank you for letting us share about the not so easy stories that make us and entering into the honesty and courage it takes to love who you were created to be. So until the next time, friends, may God's love and kindness be an offering to your heart, both now and always.